It's June 26, 2011, and you're listening to the Architecture Happy Hour. I'm Laura. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and apparently Larry's already had the two-drink minimum. So I'll just grab my glass and let's get started. Hello, June. It's hard to believe. Yeah, I know it's June and July's just around the corner. Well, it might as well be July already. Yeah, for heaven's sakes. I know. I was talking to my brother-in-law the other night, and he is uh, in the Air Force, based in uh, just outside London, and they're getting ready to go to Scotland next week for a vacation. And he was packing fleece and long pants. He said, today's supposed to get our highest yet. We're supposed to hit 80. I went, oh, I How hate nice you. How nice for you. Yes. I so hate you. Wow, fleece. <laughs> I know. Isn't that strange? Well, see, that's my kind of weather. You know, we hit October. Once, oh, I know. And the quicker October gets here, the happier I'm going to be. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the 100 digits, 100 degree days are... Are just turning into <sighs> killers. Yeah. Of course, October getting here also means that we're getting a lot closer to the TSA convention, and that's its own particular challenge for us. Larry and I have been asked to present this year at the Texas Society of Architects convention two separate topics. Well, okay, two per, two separate topics for Larry. Yeah, only two for me. Yeah. Yeah, and then <laughs> I somewhere they're going to fit in a third one for me because I'm also presenting on about social media for architects um, with a couple other architects. So. It's almost July, and we're just getting started on fleshing out our presentations, not to mention working on a few more submittals for a couple other conferences. Anyway, uh, yeah, and yeah. we've got our workshop. We're doing a three-hour workshop in Virginia in November as well. For another AIA convention up yeah. there. So it's going to go by very quickly. Yes. And we're going to be very tired by the time we get to the <laughs> end of it. But on, on the upside, it's given us a lot to think about. So we thought we'd spend this month's podcast on one of our presentation topics. It's called Raising a Balanced Intern, and offer some tips to both the interns who are just graduating and maybe the employers who may be hiring an intern or already have interns in their office. And as you're listening, if you think of something that we've missed or you have a comment or something you think we'd add, just let us know and we'll consider including that in our, in our presentation. But for now... On to the actual podcast, and it's all about the interns. Of course it is. (laughs) Our first few tips are for the interns who are fresh out of school. We know that you're coming into a job market that, well, at least in Dallas, is full of -of out-of-work architects. So suddenly you're just one more added into the mix of all of that. So our first big tip for you really is that you're going to have to differentiate yourselves. You can't just blanket, you know, go through the AIA directory for Dallas and start blanketing firms with resumes. You have to do something different that's really going to stand out. Right. And even though you're out of school, sorry to tell you, but the homework is not over because this is when you really have to buckle down and start learning about the firms in your area. If you've decided that you're going to stay in Dallas or maybe you've, you're open to moving around in Texas, start learning about the firms, learn about their structure and what they do and how they operate and what their cultures are about. Um, because once you find a firm you're interested in, you might 
want to actually try to make an appointment with them, make an effort to get to know the firm and to visit the firm. Whether or not they actually have a position open right at the moment, if you can get in and sit down with the principal or maybe one of the project managers just to have coffee or learn about their projects, they're much more likely that they're going to think about you if they've met you in person when an, an opportunity comes about. So if they've got a face to put with a resume, you're way ahead of the rest of all those resumes that are coming in on email. If you were interested enough to come to their office, doing so can go a long way. And, and we, from personal experience, we can say it, it really does make a difference. Yeah, those are the ones that we remember, the people who just mm -hmm. walked in the door sometimes or who mm -hmm. called and said, can I come by? Those are the ones that we remember. Right. Yeah, and, and I would say be honest with them. Um, you know, let them know that you've actually learned something about their firm. You've checked them out on the Internet or maybe you're familiar. You visited one of the buildings that they designed, you know, because we're all human and we, we would love to talk to you about a project we've worked on, and that's an opportunity for you to get to know the office, maybe get a tour of the office. And as you start to talk with firms and, and maybe even get an interview here or there, you need to remember that you have value. You're not there just begging for a job or position. There are firms out there who will take advantage of a slow economy and underpay when they can. Unfortunately, this is kind of the nature of what we're dealing with right now. We know um, of one firm here in Dallas who hired someone because she agreed to work for half salary. We know that that can be, you know, any job offer at all can be really attractive no matter what the terms are, but try not to fall into a pattern because a lot of times that sets precedence and expectations for jobs down the road, either for yourself or for that, that employer. Don't let somebody bully you into taking a lower salary just because you should be happy to have a job. If that's their attitude, odds are that's not somewhere you want to work. Also, you need to watch out for the companies that are offering contract work. In the last couple of years, the IRS has really been cracking down on what's deemed as contract work, and one of those things is that you have to be able to work independently on a project outside of an office. You can't use their equipment, you can't have a desk, you can't You'd be required to be given direction on a daily basis, and the coming back and looking in on that, and as an intern, that's not something that you want to really kind of get wrapped up in because it could really come back to bite you. So be careful with that. Yeah, if they're looking at it as a way to essentially get an employee but without having to pay all the employee taxes and benefits and all that, that's what the IRS is trying to crack down on because it's not fair to you and it's not fair well, not fair to the IRS, I guess. But. Well, sure, yeah. They've got their best interest in mind. <laughs> which brings us to our last tip, which is really if you can't find a job in architecture, don't let that make you stray too far from the profession. I mean, we're, we're realists. We know everyone really needs a job, and we know it's hard to find work you know, within this industry and within our economy. But if you can't find work with an architecture firm, start looking at the industries that feed into architecture it's a great opportunity to learn about products, to learn about trends, even just basic terminology or technology. Yeah, there's so many related fields that, as architects, we deal with daily, so it would be a huge benefit yeah. for you to know about those other things, especially firsthand. To have that firsthand yeah. knowledge, yeah. Mm -hmm. One of the interns that visited our office, and yes, we remember him very well, uh -huh. he was working at the time at the kitchen department for Home Depot and had been for a couple of years. And he has since moved on to go to work for one of the window 
manufacturers, actually as, as a rep in one of their, um, I guess it's a showroom here in Dallas. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's not architecture, and in a few years he can get back into it. And when he does, he's coming back in with that knowledge about the industry, and he's made contacts with architects and interior designers and possibly clients, and he's bringing to whoever hires him all of that added value and is really setting himself up to be in a better position to go to work for a firm because he is now a bigger asset. So the flip side to this discussion from interns is over, let's talk to the owners. And as owners, as firm owners, we have a tendency to hire when we get busy, but we don't pay much attention to an intern other than how they can help produce drawings. But you have to start looking at your interns as an asset, not just a CAD monkey. Get to know who your intern is, what are their interests, who are the people that they know, or if they're young, straight out of school, who do their parents know? They come with a built-in network. You may not really see it that way, but they know a lot of people that actually could be potential referral sources to your firm for work. Uh, you also want to know, you know, they may have a passion that could open up new directions for your firm. What that means, of course, is getting your interns involved in all aspects of the business. Spend some time developing a more holistic intern development program so they can get a realistic picture of the profession. Laura and I both spent the bulk of our careers working for small firms that didn't have any type of program whatsoever. I mean, there was nothing in place. But what's been really surprising is we've been working on the presentation and you know, pulling data together is how many of the really big firms don't have that either. There's nothing in place. We were asking um, one of the firms we know in Houston, and I was asking the guy that I deal with, I said, well, what's, do you guys have an intern development program? And he said, well, I, I know every summer we hire interns, but, you know, I don't know that we actually have a program. I, I can ask around and see it. I was just amazed because they're a huge yeah, firm. Yeah, like so disconnected. Somewhere between 70 to 90 people, and I, I just couldn't believe it. It was amazing. Well, and he's even, when he says summer intern, I think that's probably what the bulk of, of you know, the public thinks what an intern is, is yeah. a summer temporary position, maybe paid or maybe not. Right. But when we're talking about interns, we're talking about those basically from getting out of school to before you get licensed. Yeah. So it could be sort of on a number of levels of, of experience. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah, and we're not saying that the intern development program that was developed by NCARB is important because that, that is necessary and it's one of the first things that any new intern, anyone fresh out of school needs to address if they're hoping to become licensed. But there's a broader picture that interns need to be aware of. Yeah, most interns probably don't even have an idea of where the work comes from. How are new projects procured and, and why those projects? Why do those make it into the office? And as long as you have work and are getting a paycheck, well, you know. What's, who cares? What's yeah. Matter? I'm getting paid. Yeah, <laughs> if I had yeah. drawings to work on, that's great. But a lot of people, I think, don't even have any idea of what happens before that point. Right. And, and honestly, we didn't either before yeah. we became owners of a firm. I mean, right. we will be the first to admit. Yeah, the, the closest I came was yeah. knowing that, oh, my gosh, 
Why is everyone running around like chickens with heads cut off? <laughs> oh, because there's an RFQ that's due tomorrow. So, you know, watching right. all the principals scramble trying to get this thing assembled. Yeah, because normally the one marketing person who could handle that all of a sudden needs to recruit help from the interns. And yeah. and everybody's putting things in binders. They don't really know why or how or it's just happening what. It's just happening. There's a panic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we just know that, that UPS picks up at a certain time and yeah. it's got to go out. Yeah. But getting everyone engaged in what's going on with the firm, you know, how those projects are brought in, how the business is run, how you even allocate resources, it really creates opportunities for new business because everyone is tuned in to what's really driving the business. Yeah, I think another idea, Larry, as Larry and I were talking about sort of how we grew up through our internships and looking back on some of the good and bad experiences, and, and one of the good experiences that I remembered was that I worked for a small residential firm, and my employer, every Friday, there were, it was, he was the firm owner and the architect, but he had a couple of interns, myself included, and we would go out every Friday to have lunch just to catch up and, you know, almost more as a social lunch. Fortunately, at the time, we had projects under construction, so we would go out, and he would walk us through a construction site. So he would say, and not just for him, you know, we weren't just tagging along. He was actually saying, okay, here's framing you need to pay attention to. Here's why we did it this way. Here's, you know, this is the contractor that's on the site today. Here's who's coming tomorrow. This is why this has to get done first. It was incredibly educational. And I felt like he was really invested in what I was learning because it was ultimately going to come out in the drawings I was able to produce. And it gave me more of an invested feeling in the success of the project because I thought, oh my gosh, I actually have to draw this right because they're going to have to build from it. I mean, it really gave a sense of reality to what we were doing. You know, because a lot of times if you're just looking at lines on the screen, it feels very theoretical. It's just lines on the screen. Yeah, you think, oh, they'll figure that that out in the field. I can't count how many times I've had that thought go through my head. (laughs) Oh, Oh, we'll work it out in the field. We'll figure that out later. Yeah. So to go to that extent of really taking the time. I mean, he could have just said, oh, see you guys after lunch and gone back and kept working. But he actually took that extra hour and invested it in us. And and I still, you know, 10 years later, I still remember that. So that I would recommend for firm owners to take a, you know, go that extra step because it really will pay off in the quality of your interns and how they grow and, and become better architects eventually. Yeah, and that's something that we've noticed and because you, know, you you hear that and you think, wow, what a great idea and what, what a great opportunity for an intern. But something that we've noticed and probably other firm, own, firm owners have noticed as well is that the interns that are coming out of school now, the ones, I mean, fresh out of programs, well, probably even a few years ago because I ran into this a few years ago, they're expecting a lot more from firms than you know perhaps we did. And I know <clears throat> some of the ones I've talked to have been very much that way. They're looking more for an equal relationship with the firm owner, with the principals. They don't, you know, they want to work for somebody, but at the same time, they also want to work with somebody. And they expect, on top of that, to really have a work-life balance. You know, my first week as an intern, I spent 52 hours working, and I worked straight through the weekend. I didn't have a weekend off until the end of my second week. But that's just what I expected to have happen. I mean, I, I knew I was coming out of school. It was a new job, and I had to prove myself. And if they wanted me to work all the hours in the world, I was going to do it, man. And that's just not the attitude. The, I was talking with somebody in a, in a past firm, and their attitude was that they needed a raise, and if you wanted me to work more hours, you have to give me more money. Right. Not the reverse of I'm going to work the hours that they're not going to ask me to work, 
even though I'm not getting paid extra. Because right, let me prove myself. Let me prove myself. Let me show you how good of yeah. an asset as I can be. And that attitude's changed. And, you know, if you're a firm owner and you're expecting that from your interns, be upfront about it. Because if they know what your expectations are, they can either say, okay, I can live with that, or, you know, maybe I need to go work somewhere else where I can just put in my 40 hours a week and we're done. Right, yeah. That Don't just assume that they know that that's the culture they're walking into. Right. Be upfront about it. I still vividly remember my first timesheet at one of the firms I worked at, and I had over 60 hours in the first week because I wanted to show them how much I, I mean, and it was one of those crunch times. I just happened mm-hmm. to land in there same, right at a deadline, same for me. and I did too. it was like, wow, okay. And it's kind of scary because you're like, okay, I want to impress them, but oh, geez, are they going to expect this from me every week? So yeah. it is kind of, you know, you sort of walk a fine line, but from an employer standpoint, just be upfront. If you if this happens, you may be once in a blue moon, or if you're doing it every third Thursday, let them know one way or the other what yeah. they can expect. Yeah, because they're going to expect to be able to have some kind of balance with you know everything else that they do. Well, I have, right. I'm married, I have kids, whatever, and they're also going to be looking for encouragement and feedback. You know, we're, we're talking about a generation of interns that their lives are texted and tweeted, and they get the response instantaneously. You know, Laura was saying, yeah. as Laura put it. Um, to me the other day she said you know everyone's you know an email's too long or it takes too long or a phone call's just too much trouble who picks up the phone anymore you just text them or you tweet or you IM whatever and you get that immediate feedback and they're expecting that now I think yeah so from one aspect know that that's the culture they're coming from what they came from in school so on the one hand if you expect a certain type of communication in the office you have to explain to them and show them how a proper business phone call goes. And I'm not I'm not kidding about this because this phone was a scary thing for me when I first got out of school because I really didn't know what that phone call was supposed to sound like. So don't assume that they're going to know how to make a professional phone call. Go through that with them. On the other side, don't think that a six-month review is good enough because they're going to want to know at the end of the first month, even at the end of the first couple of weeks, how are they doing? They're not going to want to wait for that six-month review for, you know, to sit down for 10 minutes and go through, you know, a quick checklist. That's not going to cut it. So you have to be aware of that. that, And and on the flip side, you're actually going to get more out of them if you give them more feedback. Right. If they're, you know, give them small reviews along the way. That way they can improve as they go. They don't have to be wondering how they're doing. Well, and and if you have a program, you know, you set up your own intern program in the office and you're – working through that with them, they'll know what to expect and what you're expecting out of them and what they're expecting to get out of you at the same time. And I think it can really help everything just kind of grow. Mm-hmm. To give you some idea, that's what's been running around in our heads for the last, I don't know, probably two months at least. Mm-hmm. And obviously we're going to get into it more when we you know, presented at TSA. And any of you out there who are listening, if you're you know, coming to the TSA convention in Dallas in October, please sign up for the class. We'd love to see you there. Also, we're doing a, our second presentation is actually about balancing marketing and work. You know, as the economy is starting to recover, how do you do you balance both so you still have a steady income stream, but you aren't spending all your time out there just marketing, marketing, marketing. So anyway, look for that one too, and. 
uh, hopefully we'll see you at both. And go see Laura's presentation. They did it last year at TSA, and it was fantastic. It was a, yeah, it was a great success, and we're going to be updating it. So um, all of the new developments that have happened in social media, uh, we're going to see how that's changed. Because fortunately, I've been seeing a lot more architects on Twitter and mm-hmm. on Facebook. I think a lot of firms are catching on. Yeah. They may still not really know why they're on it or, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or what they should expect to get out of it. But, uh, yeah, we'll take a closer look at that and LinkedIn and those sorts yeah. of things. Um, and then also, if you're in the Dallas area, if you're looking to, if you're maybe more um, into the interior design side, I actually am going to be speaking at a conference called MetroCon that's here in Dallas at the Market Center, and that is in August, in mid-August. You can look it up. It's MetroCon 11, I think is uh, what you would Google yeah, online. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be presenting a talk about personal branding and professional branding and um, how it's not just about a logo. It's more than a logo, and what is your brand saying about you? So come and stop by. I'd really love to see you. Yeah, and, and believe it or not, we're actually getting work done somewhere in between all the speaking and the presentation prep and stuff. There's actually work work happening. seems like we're doing a lot all of a sudden. Yeah, oh, it's oh. fun, though. It's, it's fun. It's been good. We'd like to give a special thanks to the folks at the Aloft Hotel here in downtown Dallas. They provided us with the latest venue for our Architecture Happy Hour networking group, and they gave some of our members a special behind-the-scenes tour of the building because they are actually going for LEED certification. So that's kind of exciting. They're actually in the process right now, so they were able to give our folks some real insight into how they went about doing that. Um, I didn't personally get to attend. I gave up my spot so that our (laughs) members could go, but I heard it was really excellent. Yeah, that's the feedback I got. It was just amazing. So thank you to Marissa and her uh, group over there at um, Aloft. They took great care of us. It was a fun, it's an amazing place. They've got a great bar um, it's dog friendly, <laughs> so there were all these people coming downstairs to walk their dogs. It was a fun place. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, well and and Marissa. Yeah, this Marissa. is a great example. Marissa works in their uh, events planning and uh, catering type part of the company, and she actually is an architecture school graduate. And of course, coming out of school when she did in the last few years, she was not able to get into a firm as an intern, but she was able to get on in this capacity at within the W Hotel Group at this hotel. She is able to lead these tours for investors and people interested in in the building, and she can talk about it intelligently because she knows about the architecture. And so she was telling me a story about how they she'll give these tours and the people will go, how do you know about the air conditioning system? How did you know that that's what that was called? And she just has to kind of smile and go, well... Yeah, yeah. This, <laughs> is, my this is my my world. So yeah. um, that's kind of neat, and they they love the fact that she can speak intelligently about that. It actually adds to her position and, there. Sure, it adds value to the yeah, to the loft. yeah. absolutely. So it's she's able to actually add to what they can offer um, their guests. So think about you know your career and where you might want to work. You know, in those terms of you've got a skill set, whether you think you do or not, you actually know quite a bit. Of course, if you didn't make the last happy hour at Aloft and you are here in Dallas or in the Dallas area, you can always come to the next one. We'll be more than happy to have you. 
And if, if it's your first one, please come up and let us know because we're always excited when we have new people come. Yeah, great but drink specials, free appetizers, and really fun people. A lot, a lot of fun people, really great group of people. Yeah. So, But you can find that on Meetup. It's meetup.com slash the architecture happy hour. Of course, you can also just go to our website, hpdarch.com, and there's going to be a link on there. And, of course, as always, you can always find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. But for now, as we're getting ready to say farewell to June, we'll say farewell to everyone else as well. We do want to thank um, our new listeners. We've been watching our stats on our subscription, and we broke the 1,000 mark. Woohoo! It's like, wow, there's 1,000 people subscribing to us. Who knew? Anyway, so if if you're a new listener, welcome, and we're glad to have you. We hope hope everyone is having a great summer so far, and until we talk to you in July, I'm Larry. And I'm Laura. And we'll talk with you then. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.